Welcome back. With February being a very busy time in gaming, I've been quite busy with some of those releases, and I want to discuss two of the largest releases that we actually had during the month of February and give my initial thoughts on the game after a number of hours in those titles. Of course, I am referencing Horizon Forbidden West as well as Elden Ring from Software's latest Souls-like title, of course. Also wanted to discuss Pokemon's latest distribution news. Of course, we are getting Arceus as well as Darkrai and Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, something I speculated on in a earlier podcast episode. So I wanted to go over what that entails exactly and how you can go about getting those if you're interested. But first, if you're new here, make sure you give us a follow on one of our social platforms. We're pretty active on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube as of late. I haven't uploaded any video game shorts, open on opening Pokemon card packs at this time, but I'm looking to branch out into some gameplay videos, if nothing else, from the bosses that I've been able to beat in Elden Ring. But we'd appreciate you guys following along there. You can always shoot us an email or a DM on one of those platforms if you have any recommendations on how we might improve the podcast. Always looking to make it a more enjoyable experience for you guys, the listeners there. And thank you for sticking around if you've been here from the start or if you're just getting here. Appreciate you taking the time to give us a listen. So to jump right into things, we'll take care of the the uh, shorter topic first. That is the distribution event for F- Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. That, of course, being Darkrai and Arceus. Now, with Darkrai, it is simple enough. All you need to do is use the mystery gift feature to obtain this. It is time-limited, so there is there is a limit on how long you have until you can actually get Darkrai. It said between the two moons, but if we break this down, that actually, I think it's about 30 days they give us there for that time frame. The item that you need to actually obtain Darkrai or to initiate the encounter is only available via Mystery Gift, and this is only available from April 1st until April 30th, so it's a very short window, similar to how they gave us with Shaman, which runs out on March 27th, if I am not mistaken. Now, of course, in order to do this, you have to have completed the National Dex, or have to unlock the National Dex, I should say, and to do that, you would have had to complete the Elite Four. Arceus, it doesn't show an end date, but I... Let's see here. So, as of March the 15th, which was yesterday, you actually have the ability to get Arceus as well as Darkrai. Arceus, in order to obtain that you would need to have completed Pokemon Legends Arceus and have that save data on the same Switch that you're playing Brilliant Diamond Shiny Pearl on. So I've got a lot of work to do. I haven't completed anything on my main Switch that I actually play uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shiny Pearl on. I've been playing on the home console for Legend Arceus, so I've got my work cut out for me. There's no time limit on that. That's good to know for that. Now for Darkrai, there's a little bit of a caveat. You have in from April the 1st till April 30th to actually get the mystery gift for Darkrai and in it's similar to Shaman it's a timed event so if you haven't gotten Shaman you have until the 27th of March to do that as well if you don't do that you're not going to be able to get the item that doesn't mean that you have to encounter these mons and capture them before that date this simply means that you have to have done the mystery gift and gotten the necessary item the Oaks letter for Shaman or the member card for Darkrai. So if you don't do that before April 30th for Darkrai or March the 27th for Oaks, 
letter and shaman, then you're not going to get that. So you might want to get on that if you're at all interested in completing the Pokedex and those entries. And I know that shaman and Darkrai, during the original releases, they were very hard to get because you had to go into in-person events to do these things. It wasn't simplified like many of the later events that they came up with. And I don't know that we at all had the ability to get Arceus. But it's cool that they're now adding in Arceus and you get that Azure flute for completing Legends Arceus and have that data on your Switch. You just go to your room in Twin Leaf Town and you'll receive it at that point. You take it to the Spear Pillar atop Mount Coronet. You're triggering an encounter with Dark with Arceus. With Darkrai, once you have the member card, travel to New Moon Island where you'll have a chance to capture Darkrai. That is the... In order to do this, there is a Sailor's son who is actually having nightmares and you basically go into their dream to help them out with that so that's a cool event now we have all of the legendaries that would be available in those titles offered up to us by nintendo and Elkus. so that's interesting enough moving right along from there to the major topics for today's podcast i wanted to discuss what i think of these titles these stellar triple a titles that we've gotten in the month of february because february was a stacked month even rolling towards the end of it into March. I think Triangle Strategy released at the beginning of March. It's just been a busy time for gaming overall. And these two juggernauts here that I want to discuss, they are the biggest titles in in February, hands down. They are biggest titles in the last couple months, honestly, the first quarter of 2022, if you ask me. Starting with the game that I had the least amount of time with, and that is not due to not liking the game. That is not due to any problems with the game whatsoever. It is to do with the fact that the second title just completely overshadowed it and took hold of my life once I popped that disc in. The first title, of course, being Horizon Forbidden West. It is a fantastic title. I love what they've done, how they have been able to expound upon the formula from the first game. If I recall, in the first title, there were five skill trees that were available, and you had four sub layers that you could go down with each of those skill trees to unlock every one of the perks that you could actually get they range from being able to uh, give your mount more health when you override them repairing monsters or repairing the robots that you would have more easily with uh, machine parts the shards that you have that goes with being able to either to be able to do more damage with your spear be able to zoom in have more focus when you're uh, in air with your bow in order to be able to snipe while you're falling. Just so many things you could do in the original title, and they've cranked that up to 11 in the sequel. Because in the sequel, when you get in there, the skill trees are so expansive and in-depth that it is, it's, it's a little bit overwhelming, if you ask me. I don't see myself being able to fill in all the skill slots like I did with the original just because there are second and third layers for each of the skill trees. There's like, I think there are four or five different skill trees that you can go down. And each of them have their own sub layers and even special abilities you can activate that are unlocked by uh, unlocking surrounding abilities. So the one that I have makes it where my bow and arrow, I do a ton of damage and I do a lot of critical damage with that when I activate that special ability and those weren't special abilities weren't things that were available in the first game so that's another layer they've added on to this I've just had a lot of fun with the game and with the amount of time that I've played thus far I've only played about 20 hours of this title I've gotten out of the first area and started the expedition of course and 
in true OCD, ADD fashion, I didn't leave the first area until I had done everything, made sure I collected all the lenses from the towers and completed that little mini task, the little sub-quest you could do there. And I'm, I'm having fun with the title. I've got to go back to it. I haven't been back to it since Elden Ring release, but I'm going to go back eventually and I will play this game to completion like I did the first one. The first one I loved to such a great deal that I spent so much time with it, I, I just had to platinum that guy. I played it and I was like, you know, this is a lot of fun. It's not that difficult to platinum. There are a couple collectibles here and there. Let me go ahead and try to do that. And the second one, I can tell you just on my experience seeing the map and how much stuff they've added in subquest and otherwise, it's going to be much more difficult to do that in the second one. But that's it just adds longevity to the game. It doesn't necessarily add length for the sake of length. It it has substance to it. It's, it is quality over quantity, even though there is quite a bit more than there was in the original title. I've seen people complain that there's a lot of dialogue in this game. Well, you're going to get that. This is a story-driven game, and there's a lot of moving components, a lot of people. They want to build the world out more. Uh, a little bit of a spoiler here. I've read ahead on it. I know there's going to be a third one, and if they've done this much with the second one, imagine what they're going to do with the third one. I don't. I hope that they don't rest on their laurels and just take over the existing system and just put on a fresh coat of paint or anything like that. I hope they continue to innovate with this as we go forward, you have to remember that Guerrilla Games, before they did this, they worked on Killzone Shadowfall, so they were a first-person shooter developer. This was their first title they had developed. It wasn't necessarily a first-person shooter, and they, the, the first IP, I should say, and they did a fantastic job with the original, and doubly so with the second games. Now, there are some minor complaints with it. As you expect with any large open-world game, there are going to be problems with it. I've noticed a tad bit of pop-in pop in on this, now, I'm playing on the PS4 Pro. It's not the most powerful system, but it's not the base model PS4 either. There's a bit of pop-in. I had one instance where I slap fell through the map. I, I just clipped through it, couldn't get back up to where I was. I was under it, and then I just fell to my death. You're going to expect this with large open-world games, though, because if you have this much content, this large of a map, there are bound to be bugs that you don't catch that slip through the cracks when you're trying to troubleshoot this to get it out the door. And I know they did a couple larger patches. The, the one problem I had was prior to the patch, the falling through the map, I still experienced pop-in of textures and assets after the patch, but it was there was none of the clipping through the map that I've seen thus far. I've got to get back to it whenever I can find a stopping point in Elden Ring, but like I stated, that is just taking control of my game in library. I was working on a couple different things. I had a couple different ideas for podcasts I was going to put out, and that all went to the wayside when Elden Ring came out. I just It's one of those titles for me that has reignited my love for game. It reminded me of why I love video games. Now, now to move on to the title, that title itself. I have thoroughly enjoyed Horizon Forbidden West. The Elden Ring, it it has taken a hold of me. For whatever reason, I can't tell you. I am a fan of Souls games, but I usually get frustrated. I'll usually get frustrated, pop it out, turn it off, rage quit, and I will have to come back at some point down the road. For whatever reason with Elden Ring, that hasn't become the case. That may be due to the fact that you can take off and just wander around and I have done a great deal of that in this game 
Now don't get don't get it wrong. Don't get me wrong now. I didn't move past the tree sentinel until I beat that fool. I spent the first weekend I had with this game perfecting my combat against that fool without taking making the first level. I of course didn't beat the first boss you have in the game. He dropped me pretty handily, but when I made it to this tree sentinel, I made it a point to not progress any further until I had taken that fool out. Now I've taken out only one of the major bosses in the game, that's Margaret. Or Margaret, however you say say the name. I beat I beat Margaret and Aside from that, I've went around and I've explored a good deal of the surrounding areas. I've explored south of Limgrave. I've explored a little bit of Kaled, Siafra. Well, I've explored that to totality. Finished the boss down there. I have beaten the dragon that was near the start. And several of the little Evergal areas where you can fight, like the Crucible Knight or the, uh, the Blood Knight. I beat them. The Crucible Knight gave me a lot of trouble. I spent a whole weekend, Friday night, all day Saturday, and then part of the day Sunday, getting that attack pattern and the the boss down there. It took me a while to actually complete that, and I got so close several times, and I just kept beating my head against that wall. There's something about the game that just keeps me coming back. Even last night I was playing, and I was in an area, and I died a couple times, and I was getting frustrated. I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to just go to explore a different area and like I've said I believe that is part of the appeal of this game and what makes it fresh and it makes it welcoming to newcomers because I've got a friend I've known since childhood uh we grew up together I pretty much lived at this guy's house on every weekend we played all of the Halo games and everything growing up uh, we burned through the Halo campaign on legendary difficulty back in the day when we were we lads in our teens coming up and he has never been into Souls games. And, you know, I text him. I'm like, you know, did you uh, pick up uh, Elden Ring and fall victim to the hype? He's like, you know, I, I was I was damn determined I wasn't going to. But I ended up doing it. And he was telling me he's having a good time with it. And I'd like to hear that this game is more welcoming to other individuals who might want to come into the, the, the IP who might be fresh to the series. And they're getting their hands on this. It just, it seems, a, and I've seen this a lot online, it seems like it is easier than most others from software titles, and I can concur with that. There's many of these bosses that I've rolled in, rolled up in on, and I've beat on the first time around, and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm either getting really good at the game, or this is significantly easier than previous titles. Now, I have, like I said, a large open world title. I've experienced pop-in with textures from time to time. That does happen, grass popping in and everything on the PS4 Pro seems like an inevitability at this time. If you got a large game, you're going to have problems like that. I haven't experienced anything like I did Horizon Forbidden West where I fell through the map or anything, which indicates to me that it might be more of a polished title than that. And that is a little bit crazy to me. You have a first a, a game that's developed by a Sony first-party studio, Guerrilla Games, Released, it was delayed as well, mind you, and it's still released with some issues. But you have this from software title which was delayed, I don't know if it was once or twice, but it was delayed, and then it released. And you have minor pop in, and that's the biggest qualm you have with that title. I think it just goes to show that their level of mastery with the games they create either that or they're running on semi the same engine there as 
it's like the same world they've built, but on a much more grandiose scale. They've built this up. This world is much more large than any of the Souls titles that I'm familiar with. Even if you factor in the Ringed City DLC from Dark Souls 3, it is nothing in comparison to how large this is. I love the fact that you can just explore around and you happen upon a circumstance or an enemy that you're just not prepared for. Again, me running around in Caleb last night. I'm level 40. Only beat the first boss or the first mini boss in uh, Stormvale Castle. Over in Caleb, I'm looking for uh, the uh, Ur Urdrit Tree Spirits. The, and I found a minor one over in Caleb. Sucker one-shots me. I'm not ready for that. I'm going to have to uh, go back to the drawing board and uh, pick my uh, souls up, runes, whatever you want to call them, their souls to me, and uh, move right on along to the next thing and continue my exploration of Stormvale Castle. Both great games are great titles, if you ask me. Elden Ring, just something about it to me. It's not going to be for everybody because not everybody likes that level of difficulty in a video game. I personally love the challenge. I welcome it. Man, if I ever stream this stuff, it's going to be non-PG-13. I can promise you that because I'm in there cussing up a storm. Just calling it every name in the book, getting angrier and angrier until I finally fell the boss that I'm actually up against. As I've said, it is an easier title than previous From Software titles. You actually have summons you can go in there with that help to alleviate some of the aggro of the boss. That They can take the attention away from you giving you an opportunity to get those couple of critical strikes that you need to actually fell that enemy. I highly recommend it. And I've enjoyed my time with Elden Ring so far. I have 60 hours in this game. Now, mind you, some of that is going to be where I've set the game down and I've stepped away and had to do something around the house and came back to it. I would hazard to guess that I've probably spent about 40 or 50 hours in this game so far just because I've explored a great deal of the map as a whole i've been over s several different sub areas taking on several different mini bosses and there there are still areas that i roll into and i get in there and i'm like just destroyed immediately there's a place called the bestial domain or something realm something like that i got teleported there i made it to this castle or castle this tower there were a bunch of uh guards around it like knights and stuff and and serfs killed all those climbed to the top of this there's a treasure chest of course i open it and it's a transporter trap so it teleports me away to this bestial domain i see this giant black horned demon behind me with this spear or something and i'm like whoa that thing's huge so i say you know let me let me hit it and see what that's all about i hit this thing several times didn't even move his health bar it didn't move one iota. This thing turns around, one-shots me, curtains. That's the end of that. So I take my happy little self back over there, sneak up in there, grab my souls, and quickly teleport away. So there's still areas that are very, the game's telling me, very off-limits for me. Like, you might want to stay away from guy. You might want to come back later when you're about level 70 because 40 ain't it for you or you're going to need to invest in that vitality. Get, get better armor or something because we're going to one-shot you over here. It's just a masterpiece. I don't know what, what else to say about it. I've, I've had so much fun with this title. I don't think I'm anywhere near being done. I have a great deal more to go.
and I look forward to it. It's not, it's not one of those things where I'm like, man, I need to get to the end of this. I need to beat this game. Oh, man, I got to play this. I need to finish it. It's not a chore. It's a, If anything, it's a labor of love. When I run into those bosses that I have to figure out patterns for, it's a labor of love that I very much enjoy doing. I love both these titles. I, I like them both a lot. I don't know when I'm going to be able to get back to Horizon Forbidden West or any other titles, honestly, because Elden Ring, quite honestly, has its hooks in me, and I don't see that changing anytime soon unless I actually beat the game. And I don't know if I'll even do that. I'm, I'm the king of making it toward the end of a title and putting it down, but this might be the exception to that rule. If I can uh, get to ra uh, Radan the Star Fallen, that's going to be an interesting time. My friend's telling me he's at that boss, and that is one of the toughest bosses in the game. There are summons littered all across that field that you can summon to help you out. I've seen video of it, and it just... I look forward to the challenge. If nothing else, I look forward to seeing how far I can make it in that, and if I'm able to fell that monster. But if you're, if you're new here, or if you're returning... Thank you again. We appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to the podcast. Love to do this. It's a bit cathartic. It gives me an opportunity to talk about a topic I love very much, video games as a whole. Let us know if there's anything that we can improve to make it a better listening experience overall, audio quality or otherwise. We will do our best to accommodate that. Always looking to expand further. If you know anybody who likes podcasts, likes gaming, let them know about us. And share it, share the podcast with your friends if they're into that sort of thing. And thank you again for your time. I hope you guys are having a good time out there with Elden Ring Horizon Forbidden West. Don't forget those, get those Pokemon if that's your sort of thing. And enjoy. <laughs>